will Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb affect your 49ers decision in the FFPC playoff challenge number two? Who is the chalk core you need to play in this year's competition? And how do you solve a problem like Cincinnati in winning $100,000 in the FFPC divisional playoff challenge? Plus, the 2020-2021 FFPC playoff challenge two runner-up, J.R. Cavelli, joins us to talk about his construction of last year's second-place team as well as handicapping the Titans' skill position players not named Derrick Henry, whether Jarek McKinnon will be a thing in the 2021 Challenge number 2, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour is I can't now. stand the pressure. I've seen greater men. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com or anywhere you pay for your podcast uh, and uh, music uh, as well. iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is, the Quiet Hollers are there. Greetings and salutations to all you uh, Balkholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome indeed to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, I don't know where you're at in the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. I know that we have just under 600 spots to go in the uh, uh, Fantasy Football Players Championship Divisional Playoff Challenge, which will lock in, I don't know, roughly, what is it, about 19 hours, 18 and a half hours uh, from now. I don't know where you're at in either of these competitions, but it's going to be a great divisional round of uh, fantasy football and NFL football, man. Oh, Bucky, you're not kidding. Where I'm at is usually where I'm at. I'm looking up at a lot of great players in front of me. However, teams were competitive. Uh, I added two more. That gives me four, uh, two in each contest, Uh, uh, two in the $35 contest and two in the $200 contest. And I really think that's a good number. If everybody isn't playing four, they need to step on up and do that. And it, uh, it's allowed me to get a very, very good mix of players together. And I'm, I'm encouraged about uh, this next group of um, playoff games. So wild card weekend was a blast, like we said it would be. There weren't a lot of big surprises, but I didn't expect uh, Buffalo Bills to reel off such a perfect game. And I didn't expect, uh, yeah. despite the fact that the Raiders played so horrifically at some positions in Cincinnati, for that game to come down to the last play. So 
Uh, it's going to be a lot of surprises this weekend. I would love to talk about it. You know, you're a Raiders fan. They play in the same division as the Chiefs, same division as the mm-hmm. Chargers. Mm-hmm. Is the uh, ceiling for them a wild card um, um a wild card appearance next year as well, Farrell? Or do you expect bigger things from Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs in the game uh, there in uh, Las Vegas? Uh, story still to be told. It's uh, a situation with the coaching staff and the quarterback. I came to the determination after the Cincinnati game that uh, his interception and his fumble, turning the ball over twice on the road, is is uh, – is what led to the defeat. And I, I question if Carr is the quarterback to take them uh, to where they need mm. to be with with the fact that – and, you know, everyone loves the player. And he would be such a – it would be such a tough loss uh, in free agency or to move another direction through the draft. I don't think the answer is in the draft to the quarterback position this year. Um, he threw the ball over 50 times last week, I think, which is a recipe for disaster. Uh, but he did catch the team up, and, and Josh Jacobs played very, very well and ran the ball very well. Um, it's you can add. Let, you can add next year. The one thing I can tell you right now, uh, especially if the new head coach for the Denver Broncos is Eric Bieniemy, that we're going to be looking at a fourth difficult team. Uh, in, in that mix, and, and everyone on every week when they play interdivision ball in the AFC West is going to be challenged because Denver's going to get a lot better too, I think. Farrell, you're an NFL player agent. Certainly you're privy to conversations that we just don't get uh, anywhere else. What's the percentage chance that Eric Bieniemy is indeed a head football coach next season? His time has uh, has come. Uh, I think it's past time. I've, I've been surprised that he hasn't gotten the offer. You don't know exactly what's behind that, but he's a tremendous, tremendous coach. Now, as far as I understand, in as, as general manager candidates and coaching candidates make their moves throughout the league, uh, Eric's only interview is there at Denver, uh, the state where he went to college, and a general manager that's known uh, – uh, for making the right moves uh, in George Payton, who came over from the Vikings. You know, George was at the Vikings for a long time, and uh, he stayed until it became proper for him to leave. And I, I'd like to see him put his stamp on that team. And if he if he goes with Eric, I think they'd be in the right direction. Uh, I love this stuff that we're getting in uh, to be, before we even tease the program tonight because – Farrell, your um, your experience and your uh, intellect and your sources are invaluable for this program, and I can't wait to get into this once the Super Bowl is done because I know you'll have a lot more for us. Um, I do want to remind everybody that coming up on tonight's program, it is our FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge uh, preview show. We're going to help you set those rosters. We're, we're going to help you craft those lineups. We're going to talk a little bit about Cam Akers, C.J. Uzuma, A.J. Brown, many more players on tonight's program. Plus, the 2020-2021 FFPC Playoff Challenge number two runner-up, J.R. Cavelli, is going to join us, and he's going to take us behind the scenes on his philosophy of managing lineups for this competition, his thoughts on Buffalo Bills tight end Dawson Knox in this year's version of the contest, and much more. Shout-out to the chat room right now. You can post your questions you might have in there. We're already talking to um, our favorite 
uh, correspondent from the Ivy League, which, by the way, I was, I was going to mention this. <laughs> I forgot to mention this to Dizzle this week. Saturday Night Live this past week, um, there was a sketch, and, and I don't know if Hudson Kern-Reeve, our Cornell professor, knows about this, but there was a sketch on SNL this week um, from, the, from Cornell University. Um, at least that was where it was lampooned. It wasn't actually set in Cornell, but Cornell was the setting for the sketch. So good stuff there. Eh, it was an okay sketch. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give it a 4. Um, but that is besides the point. Hudson Kern-Reeve is joining us in the chat room tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at HSF, HSFFLR. I am at Eric Balkman. You can follow our guest tonight, J.R. Covelli, on Twitter, JRBeef14. That's JRBeef14. And, of course, you can check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Facebook.com slash HSFFLR is where to reach us. If you want to give us a call, please do so. Our phone number is 347 426 3682. That's 347 Game Over. If you want to email us, our email address is highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all of them in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Um, if you have not registered for the 2021 2022 FFPC Playoff Challenge number two, what are you waiting for? Um, this is, we doubled the grand prize from last year. It was $50,000 last year. So, eh, yeah, you didn't do so good in wildcard weekend. Take a shot at five figures uh, for the divisional round. No, no, no. We're not doing that this year. $100,000 grand prize. It is now your time to take your chance at six figures. Where else can you get a six-figure grand prize this late in the season? It's happening right now, and it's happening at myffpc.com. We have fewer than 550 spots open out of 1,500. That They are going to fly starting tomorrow. Get in your registrations now. I always say this, too. Get in your registrations early. You can formulate your lineups later. Don't worry about that. Just make sure you have some skin in the game, and that's the way to do it right now. You want to get in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge 2, uh, $35. That's going to sell out pretty quick. The wee hours of the morning tomorrow. So if you want to get in on that, um, you got to get in now because you can't go to bed tonight and then wake up and expect to, to, to be signing in for that. Nope. If you are looking for some advice on that, we're going to give you plenty tonight. You can also go to rotaviz.com slash podcast to listen to two-time FFPC Playoff Challenge number two sixth-place finisher Vince Staffolino on the high-stakes lowdown. That is rotaviz.com slash podcast. Vince Staffolino not only – has he won a ton of money in the FFPC. But, Farrell, he's won a lot in the KFFSC over the last few years, too. Vince does very, very well, and he's a good player. He's a threat to win whenever he plays. Uh, I, I, not, I haven't decided whether I'm going to forgive him for being a uh, no-show. He's announced that he'll be a no-show at our uh, first annual KFFSC Super Bowl party in draft balky. But... I guess since he's helping you with the rotoviz, that I can look the other way. So, <laughs> yeah, we always forgive people um, who are able to help either the FFPC or the KFFC out in any capacity. Vince Staffolino is certainly meeting those obligations. We have our guest tonight, J.R. Covelli, the runner-up in the FFPC Playoff Challenge number two last year, coming up in just a couple of minutes here. Farrell, before we get to him, I just want to rifle through a, a couple of pieces of news that came up today uh, or yesterday in the NFL that pertains to submitting your lineup for the FFPC Playoff Challenge mm-hmm. number two, the divisional round 
Randall Cobb expects to play in the divisional round. He was activated off injured reserve for the Packers, this according to ESPN.com. Now, remember that Cobb um, has been on the shelf for the core muscle surgery that he underwent roughly six to seven weeks ago. He said he could have played in week 18 against the Lions. Packers held him out, but he should be in the lineup. Probably no Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's listed as doubtful for the game against the 49ers Saturday night. But Devontae Adams is going to be out there. Alan Lazard is going to be out there. Randall Cobb should be out there as well. Now, this is interesting, Farrell, because I, I think as, as we try to formulate these lineups, does this take the shine off the, uh, of Devontae Adams a little bit and put more of a precedence on getting Aaron Rodgers in your lineup? Or does the Randall Cobb thing not affect you on what you're doing with your Packers in the divisional round challenge? Oh, I think Randall Cobb always affects the Packers, Balky, and he affects the most in the big games. He seems to play better against the the bigger opponents, and and you could say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers, uh, 5-1 versus teams in the playoffs this year. 37 TDs and four interceptions for Rodgers, and Cobb makes him better. Rodgers hadn't turned it over since mid-November. You know, and, and when he has a player like Cobb added to the mix, it only strengthens the passing game. It seems to strengthen it when uh, the weather's bad and the, it's typical Green Bay football because, as as, uh, as Roger said, let's, let's get Randall Cobb back in here. He's a true packer, and that's what he is. I've seen many points in this game, and um, uh, Cobb's biggest influence – is that he will elevate Rodgers. The people that uh, are around Rodgers at the receiver position, I think generally all of them are are underrated. The people that play fantasy football are very much in the know that what what Cobb brings to the Packers, especially two Packer. I'll tell you what, uh, (laughs) whenever whenever we draft in Kentucky, uh, Ron Meyer is always looking for Randall Cobb somewhere in the draft. Randy Cobb, indeed, for <laughs> two-packer in KFFSC and the FFPC. Certainly that's going to help him out on third downs. This is giving me a bump for Aaron Rodgers, maybe a little bit, not a ton, but a little bit of a detriment to Devontae Adams' value in the divisional oh. round. Let's stick with that same game. Jimmy Garoppolo battling a thumb injury and a shoulder injury has not been designated with any kind of injury um, designation, for lack of a better word, for the uh, divisional game against the Packers Saturday night. Kyle Shanahan, according to, um, uh, or in reporting to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's practice week, the quote was, threw the ball great, he looked as good as he did the week before. He said that the thumb issue for Garoppolo is a bigger issue than the shoulder problem. Garoppolo's thumb, you know, he's been dealing with this the last few weeks. He's looked really good outside of that one really bad and I think that wasn't a physical thing. I think that was a mental thing where he threw that pick late against the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round. Obviously, the game plan for the Niners is let's run the ball with Mitchell and Samuel. Let's not have Jimmy Garoppolo being put in a position to win the game for us. But Farrell, knowing um, that FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge number two players have to make a decision on Kittle and Samuel knowing that it's going to be frigid. I'm actually it's, – it's so funny. I was going to bring this up on the show tonight. I, I spent the last hour, hour and a half before the show tonight. My brother, uh, both of my brothers have season tickets at uh, for the Packers at Lambeau Field. Um, one of them has really good tickets. He sold them out. The other one, not so good tickets. And he just he texted me tonight. He's like, 
It's getting to be name your own price for these tickets, and he's way up in the nosebleeds. I mean, way up there. And I'm trying to get somebody to go with me. And even people in Northeast Wisconsin are like, it's too cold. I can't go. I'm going to freeze my giblets off. I can't go. That's what I'm dealing with right now. I said, I told my brother, I'm like, I'll go with you, but I got to find somebody to go with. And everybody says, it's going to be too cold. If it's too cold for the diehard Northeast Wisconsin Packers fans to go to the game, Farrell, is it going to be too cold for Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb to respond and, and make George Kittle and Debo Samuel good divisional playoff challenge um, uh, uh, players to be chosen in that contest this year? Let's add Elijah uh, Mitchell to this list, and let's talk about him. Uh, Las Vegas has installed him at 80, 82, something like that is the number over and under for Mitchell uh, in the game. I um, we we talked about uh, the the pick um, the, the uh, Anthony Brown pick from the Dallas Cowboys, and you referred to it as a mental lapse. I think Balky that we've got to return to taking a look at that hand. You know when you can't grip the ball, um, your 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 control weakens, and when you're when you have a thumb injury, the, the ball when you when you try to put something extra behind it. It can sail on you, and I think that's what happened when Brown intercepted that ball. And then there was another almost interception um, that would have been a disaster for the 49ers uh, when Diggs dropped it. Now, it was a big play in the game, and it would have been nullified by one of Dallas's many penalties. But my point is that Garoppolo made a lot of mistakes in this game. He made a mistake. Um, when he lined up for uh, the quarterback sneak, he saw what he wanted. He got so excited, he snapped the ball before Williams, the tackle, got set. It yeah. was not the perfect game that everyone – and, and I'm a big Garoppolo fan, first of all. Um, I root for him. But this is a grade three sprained thumb. Um, I just think it's, it, it's, a, it's a tough call for this player – uh, to come to Green Bay and play in this situation. Now, the defense uh, returns your favorite, University of Louisville's uh, J.R. Alexander comes back. Uh, he's listed yes, as questionable, but everybody says he's going to play. On the offensive side, Rodgers gets back Bakhtiari along to, to go along with Cobb. So it, it's a situation where um, more is going to be expected out of Garoppolo than was in Dallas, and I don't know if if he's got the physical skills to deliver. And yes, the weather will be a factor. And, and uh, California teams have historically fared well, uh, fared poorly on the road. And, and what'd you say the temperature is going to be tomorrow? Uh it's going to be below freezing. I'm, I mean, like the the thing is, um, the the wind chill is the biggest thing, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you can you can be right around zero or above zero, but the wind chill is going to be huge. Um, tomorrow, I'm looking at um, a forecast for the the Packers Niners game, which goes off at eight fifteen Eastern time. Um, we are looking at fifteen degrees um, mm-hmm. right now. Um, in that in that game but the wind chill 
will actually probably drop to zero degrees. And by the end of the game, you're looking at uh, negative seven degrees um, for for that game at Lambeau Field. And and that's where you you get in in trouble. And you mentioned a a mental aspect in the game. It's very, very difficult to keep focus for players. You talk to players about how weather affects them. It's not that they're necessarily freezing to death, but it takes so much concentration to play the game. And when you're dealing with physical problem of, uh, of well, freezing to death, it's it's hard to think quick. It's hard to move. It's hard to get your body doing what you want to do. Packer players know how to do it. 49er players, uh, it, it could be a tough matchup. But uh, they've come a long way. I'm a big Garoppolo fan, and everything that he accomplishes tomorrow – uh, I'm all for, but as far as who I'm going to put in my lineup tomorrow, who I'm going to play in this next group, this next contest in the FFPC, I'm going to look at the running back Mitchell, because if the defense can, yeah, can threaten the Packers, uh, San Francisco is going to want to run the ball, and I think they're going to run it through Mitchell. You know what's interesting is about what you just said is, um, I, I, I think if. Um, Sigmund Bloom, who does a great job with the footballguys.com podcast over there, mm-hmm. I think he nailed this on the head. We are going to know, and this won't help fantasy players out, but we are going to know about halfway through the first quarter, maybe after the first quarter, whether this is going to be a Green Bay blowout or whether this is going to be a tight game all the way through. And I think that's apropos. I, I, I think that is what is going to happen tomorrow um, in this game. Now, a lot of the pundits up there that I've talked to in my um, uh, terrestrial radio show, my afternoon show I have up here, Packers experts, they said, you know, it's, it's fun to talk about the, the weather and the, and, and the cold and everything. They, don't, they think it's overrated, and they think that good teams or great teams, in this case with San Francisco, can overcome that. Now, if the mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers are able to stop Elijah Mitchell, if they're able to stop Debo Samuel out of the backfield – then I think you're right. I think Garoppolo is put in a position where he can't succeed. Um, George Kittle is probably a fade at that point. It all depends what you think about this Packers defense. You meant, and, and Farrell, listen, how can the Packers lose, right? They have Jair Alexander, University of Louisville, coming off IR. <laughs> they have Randall Cobb, University of Kentucky, coming off IR. You've got the confluence of two of the greatest institutions for college football in history <laughs> coming back to the Packers with Cobb and Alexander tomorrow going to happen i don't know uh seriously i don't know what's going to happen but i think there's a lot of things working in the packers favor right now the last thing i want to get to before um we talk to our guest tonight the runner-up of last year's ffpc playoff challenge number two jr cabelli will join us here shortly is kansas city daryl williams um Uh. is listed as questionable for the divisional round against the bills now Mm -hmm. he got in limited work yesterday limited work today but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, not even on the injury report at all. You look at the Chiefs situation here, Farrell, for the purposes of this playoff challenge number two. Probably going to be Jarek McKinnon, probably going to be CEH splitting the work for the Chiefs. Knowing that the Chiefs have a really good chance at getting to the Super Bowl, would you be putting any chips on McKinnon or Edwards-Alaire in your lineups for this challenge? No, I wouldn't. But that being said, I think McKinnon has earned the touches that he will get, and he's he's certainly earned the respect of his teammates. He's been a very good player, player that brings fresh legs to this team, uh, a veteran player that that all of us in fantasy football are well aware of, and a, and a player that has 
has flashed before. And he, he's kind of like that back that's coming into the playoffs that has the veteran uh, status and can deliver. He looks good catching the ball. He looks good running the ball. I think he increases um, – uh, the level of play of the quarterback, I think he uh, increases the level of the play uh, uh, of the tight end. One thing that people forget about Kelsey, is he's a fantastic blocker. And you take a running back that's, that's catching the ball, having contact balance, getting yards after the catch, making things happen after the catch. Uh, that's offensive linemen, including the tight end, including the other receivers, love to block for a player like that. So it just elevates it elevates the team uh, significantly to have an explosive running back. And CEH has been a, a very good player. We'll have to consider how hobbled he is, but there's just not enough touches there to overcome uh, – the necessity of playing one of the big three, Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill. And Hill is so explosive, but uh, I think that's how it runs for me. Mahomes is the quarterback I want. I'd like to have Kelsey on another team. Uh, I'm not fading Hill, but I just don't have enough teams to, to live without Mahomes or Kelsey, if that makes sense. It does make sense, and um, because of my blabbering tonight, I don't know if we have enough time to get to everything I wanted to ask our guest tonight, but we are going to bring him in right now, a man <laughs> who first dove in to the world of fantasy sports way back in middle school in 1992 wow. when Pearl Jam and Green Day and Nirvana were just a, uh, just a figment of our imagination, right? Um, that's when he started playing fantasy sports. He and his uh, friends um, got into a rotisserie baseball league where they tracked the stats on paper before the internet made it so easy to do so. He currently lives in Boston. He's married to his beautiful wife, Erica. He has three kids, Jude, who is nine, Isla, who is seven, and Sonny, who stands in at three years old. He is the commissioner of a 14-team fantasy football league that's been active for the better part of two decades the majority of the same owners coming back each and every year, and that helped fund – I beg your pardon – his performance last year in the uh, FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge helped fund his entry fee for that league because he cashed a $15,000 runner-up prize last season. You follow him on Twitter at JRBeef14. That's JRBeef14. Please welcome in to the program – J.R. Cavelli. J.R., thanks so much for hanging out with us this week. I know it's probably been a busy week for you uh, submitting all these lineups as, as you try to not only get back to where you were last year, but maybe one spot higher so you can cash that $100,000 grand prize. Welcome, man. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I'm actually not in Boston right now. I am in Florida enjoying the nice weather. Mm. So it's a great time not to be in Boston. And, uh, this is going to be fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, thanks for, thanks for coming on. So what part of Florida? You're not going to the uh, Buccaneers-Rams game on Sunday, are you? No, no, no. I'm in Delray Beach, a beautiful part of Florida, mm. right, right on the coast. It's, it's a great – I totally recommend it if you're coming to Florida and you want to get away from the touristy destinations. Delray Beach is a great place to go. Bars, restaurants, it's beautiful. Well, Jr. Let, let me tell you, I, I will – Speak from this from personal experience. I am sitting in negative wind chill uh, degree <laughs> weather as I am two. I am two Aaron Rodgers uh, hail marys uh, southwest of Lambeau Field right now. 
Uh, Florida sounds pretty darn good. You are living the life right now. I want to talk fantasy football with you so badly um, with all the lineups that, um, that, that people are submitting. Before we get into that, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living when you are not dominating the Fantasy Football Players Challenge? Uh, I beg your pardon. The Fantasy Football Players Championship Playoff Challenge number two, uh, like you did last year. Uh, my wife and I own a real estate and design firm called Cavellian Company, but uh, don't be fooled. She's the heart, soul, brains, and brawn behind the company's <laughs> success. She's she is a rock star. Check her out. Check us out at Cavellico.com. You'll get to see uh, everything we do. Oh, that's cool. That, that is really cool. I love that. I, I thought you, Bonky, I thought you might – uh, defer to your classic uh, Ferris Bueller line. If you have the means, join Jr. for this weekend down in Florida. <laughs> we uh, highly yeah, recommend. Uh, hey, we highly you know, it. yeah, you're recommended. There you go. <laughs> Jr. is so nice to meet you. Uh, the the uh, uh, it, it's it's a great uh, it's great to talk to all you guys. You, you know. Uh, noted winners. I have become the official auditor of the show. I don't know how this happened for a guy, for a guy whose numbers are not, and numbers are definitely not my thing, but somehow I've become the, the official auditor. And, you know, I, I think in that role, the question that I have to ask you is about your $15,000 win and exactly what you did with it. But it's not a fact that we're so nosy about it. It's just lesser mortals like myself, also known as losers, uh, that, uh, that did not win in fantasy, would like to know what you did with the money because if it doesn't impress us enough, then, you know, it, it, it takes the loss. It takes a little sting out of mm-hmm. the loss, you know. But, but totally if you're really going to impress me, and, and um, you know, I'm supposed to ask, uh, if you have any of it left, a man like you, uh, it doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> so I am really bullish on cryptocurrency, so I use the winnings mm. uh, to buy and invest in some Bitcoin, and I'm still holding it today. So, yeah, I got most of it left. Oh, I got guys that will cheer right. that on to no end. But congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. You're, either, you're either on the cryptocurrency bandwagon or you're not, and I am all in. I am on it. Good for you. Thank you. So, Jr., this is this is probably a bad question for me to ask because I, I looked at my crypto account um, earlier today. I just got to stave this off, right? I just got to weather the storm. Yeah. Everything's gonna bounce back. Bitcoin, Solana coin, like it's gonna happen for me, right? Yeah. Listen, my advice is you only lose when you sell it. So hold it, hold it, hold it, and you'll be good in the long run. I will be holding it, and hopefully, I will be good in the long run. You were good in the yeah. long run. In the FFPC Divisional Challenge last year, I just I, and this is something I ask anytime we have playoff um, successful playoff challengers on this program. What's your process of setting a lineup now, as opposed to last week where we had 12 players? You only have eight players on a roster in this competition. Are you mapping out the bracket of of where you see you know what teams you see winning each game and then basing your lineup off that? Are you basing it purely on? who has the highest upside, who has the highest point yep. potential. Take us through sort of how you build a lineup and, and maybe how you built your winning lineup last year or your runner-up lineup last year. 
Sure. So first thing I do is I, I back into the QB position. I'll pick my QB last. I feel like at this point in the playoffs, most of the QBs left have the ability to get you the three to four touchdowns and 300 plus yards in any given game. So I try to fill out my other positions first and then kind of see what's left for quarterbacks. I mean, you've got Mahomes, Allen, Rogers, Brady, uh, even throw Burrow in there. You've got five quarterbacks right there that I can give you a 300, 300 plus yard game and three to four touchdowns. So, Filling out the other positions, I always try to look for the best athlete on the team, the player that I expect to touch the ball the most. Who, who's, who, who is gonna, who will the offense run through in in any given game? And and can you predict what kind of games each team will play? Is it going to be a shootout? Is it going to be a tight game where the defense and the control and the clock is going to uh, be the difference between winning and losing? And lastly, if I can, I try to pick one player off the beaten path so my team is unique. Last year, I took Tom Brady. I feel like a lot of people were on Mahomes, Rodgers, and Allen. No one really expected Brady to make the Super Bowl, so I picked him, and uh, he outperformed them, made it to the Super Bowl. But I was beaten by someone else who was more off the beaten path. So the winning team had Leonard Fournette on their team, and I was Mm. winning until he broke that 30-yard run in the third quarter. Fournette broke that run, scored the touchdown, put him ahead, and the the Buccaneers were up by so much that every time they got the ball, it was run, 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 and Brady just couldn't did not throw the ball really much the rest of the game. So, if you can find that unique player, I think that's important because that sets your team, uh, uh, you know, uh, between other your team and other teams. So that that's important to me. But I wouldn't stretch it to do that. If if something mm. organically comes, then pick them. But I wouldn't go pick the Rams' third receiver, Van Jefferson. Just to just to make a splash, you know. Last um, week, hold on, Carol. I'm gonna let let me just interject here real quick because we do have a question in the chat room, and I think this is an important one. I've been trying, or I've been trying to answer this question all week. AFC, um, I think the big game is Sunday night, Buffalo and Kansas City. Hudson Kern Reeve uh, in the chat room right now, one of our longtime listeners, our Ivy League uh, representative here, as he is a prof over at Cornell. He wants to know who you like in the Buffalo-Kansas City game Sunday night, probably the most anticipated game of divisional playoff weekend. Uh, JR, what, what are you feeling in this game? Is it going to be the Bills moving on, or is it going to be the Chiefs? And how do you apply that thought to what you're doing with your lineups this weekend? Sure. So being from Boston, it's really hard for me to say this, but I really do think <laughs> Buffalo – has that revenge factor from last year. And they're even better this year than last year. They have the defense this year. They have some additional playmakers. So I really do think Buffalo is going to get it done. And that offense runs through Josh Allen. And, you know, you pick him. He has a bad game. Fine, I'd live with it. But I think he's going to win. And eventually, I think the Bills are going to get to the Super Bowl. And it's always nice to have that QB on your team that is playing in the Super Bowl. And I think the Bills are going to get it done. Last week, Jared, we just, had uh, – Boggy, are you still going? Yeah, no, sorry. I just want to ask, like, we know Bill, the, the Bills are, are your AFC rep. What about in the NFC? Yeah. Who do you think represents the uh, NFC in the Super Bowl this year? I am rooting for Tampa Bay being a, a Boston guy. I'm still a Brady fan. But I really do think Aaron Rodgers is going to get the Green Bay Packers there. There you so go. So it's a Bills-Packers Super Bowl, Farrell. 
Now, I now think the so. Truth, here's the true. Here's the true question, guys. If Jr.'s right and it's a Bills Packers Super Bowl, is there enough alcohol in the country to supply all the fans <laughs> at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles? <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, quite frankly, I don't know. Probably not. Farrell, let's get back to the FFP. To be a bartender in Los Angeles Super Bowl week, if that was the matchup, would be a, just a glory position. You know, uh, last week, Jeff Olivia on our show, he and I agreed that in the Super Bowl, that it's very, very, or in in the last week that you you want to have in this contest, one, your quarterback playing in the Super Bowl, and then you are waiting to the last pick. You, you're taking your quarterback position last. Now, mm-hmm. would that make you choose a quarterback uh, from one of the favorite teams? All the favorites won last week, and it, it looks like you're pretty chalky. With with the teams uh, that are going, although Buffalo, I, I suppose, is a small underdog, and so that's my question about the first part of the question about the quarterback, and then as far as picking these eight players, I, I, I love the fact that you talked about that outlier player. You know, last week Jeff brought up uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who had a wonderful game. Man, Beckham had that that pass and this fantastic game, and he, and he picked that up right away. Cooper Cup. Not such a great game, but still a big fantasy game, even as a as a as a player that uh, is on a team, a quarterback only threw the ball 17 times. So my question really is: there are certain players that you just you know you're going to go and mark that box. Do you have that? And then do you agree with us that you want to have that quarterback in the big game? I do. So my core players for this this um, divisional playoff challenge is Devontae Adams. I have to have Devontae Adams on my team. He is going to get his no matter what happens. He's going to get a slice mm-hmm. of the pie. Even with Randall Cobb mm-hmm. coming back, I still think goes goes through Devontae Adams. My other two, you just mentioned Cooper Cup. I, he same thing as Devontae Adams. He gets the ball, and he gets the ball often. And lastly, Jamar Chase. Same exact thing. He's a rookie, so maybe he doesn't have the name recognition as Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, but Joe Burrow looks to him every time he's going to throw the ball. He's his first his first target if he's open. So those are three guys that I definitely want on my team. Interesting. Uh, good stuff there, obviously, from uh, J.R. Covelli, the uh, runner-up in the 2020-2021 FFPC Playoff Challenge. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, so – Let's get into um, some some players here, and and I want to specifically talk about what's going on in Lambeau Field tomorrow night with the 49ers. Now, um, if you look at what you did last week, you had Debo Samuel as your member of the uh, San Francisco 49ers going forward. Seeing what you saw um, in Dallas this past weekend, are you still rolling with Samuel this weekend, or would you pivot to a guy like Mitchell, like Kittle, um, or somebody else in San Francisco going forward in this in this specific contest, Jr. So I liked Debo last week, but I really like him this week. I mean, we saw we saw that. I mean, if you watched that game last week, the 49ers know get in the ball in Debo's hands early and often is their best chance at winning. And you saw that. I think he took the first carry of the game, or at least the first couple of carries. He got one of them. So why would they deviate? 
deviate away from that game plan because it works so well. I mean, he, he is the best athlete on the field, it seems. So I am definitely buying Debo's, Debo for uh, the divisional round. Um, as, long as, uh, as long as Elijah Mitchell doesn't pull a Raheem Mozart from uh, four, two years ago and score four <laughs> touchdowns, I think, I think Debo's the pick. And I did not have Mozart that year in the divisional playoffs, and he was, he was a great pick. No, no. I, I so appreciate you bringing that game up, uh, somebody else bringing it up, other than myself for Balky. Uh, yeah, I feel for him there. I, you know, last time – And uh, I think I think Green Bay has the revenge factor, so I think they're going to absolutely pound San Francisco this week, and I think that's just going to propel them into the Super Bowl. Um, and that's one of the reasons I like Green Bay so much. Does your pick of Buffalo have anything to do with the first time this season back in October when you when you saw the Bills and Chiefs play? No, you know what? It comes from watching that awful playoff game last week when they played the Patriots and absolutely manhandled them. And Josh Allen mm-hmm. looked so good. Their defense looked so good. Devin Singletary looked so good. I had him on my fantasy team this year, and – he, wait, he he kept his best game for the playoffs. He did not have a game like that all season. So I think mm-hmm. they're just gelling at the right time, and they, I think, are going to show people, hey, it's not just the Chiefs and the AFC. We're here too, and we're going to mm-hmm. show you that uh, on, on uh, Sunday night. I think I would agree with you if they were playing this game at home. But I look at the, mm-hmm. what, what I thought about the game uh, when they played earlier is that Buffalo has awakened this Kansas City team. They're going to have to respond. And they've responded very well. And for the for our contest, uh, we talked earlier in the intro, and I lined the players up as uh, uh, Kelsey, Mahomes, and, and Hill. And, and I, I haven't found Hill in any of my – lineups. Um, as you build this eight-man roster, obviously you feel that, that the Chiefs are one and done. So I, I imagine that Kelsey or Hill would be your Chief playing this weekend. So I like Kelsey on the Chiefs. And um, one of the reasons is I feel the tight end, uh, who, who's left for tight ends, it's a, it's a very right. weak position. You've got Kelsey I mean, you got Gronk, you got Uzuma, but even they get half the opportunities Kelsey gets. And and Hill, sure. if I if I remember correctly, is hobbling a little bit, so they are going to force feed Travis Kelsey the ball. And if the Chiefs end up winning, Travis Kelsey's not a bad. If the Chiefs end up going to the Super Bowl, Travis Kelsey's not a bad runner up to have on your team in the Super Bowl. I had him and Brady last year as my two in the Super Bowl, and I feel like if you don't pick Kelsey. You know, half the entries, 75% of the entries are going to have Kelsey, and I don't think there's a, a better tight end you can pick, and you don't want to fall behind with all those people that are going to choose him. Right. Jer, one of the one of the teams we have not talked a whole lot, and quite frankly, a lot of the podcasts, a lot of the content producers over the last week have not talked about a lot, has been the Tennessee Titans, uh, which is weird because they are indeed the number one seed in the AFC and have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. How willing, if we wanted to pivot away from Derrick Henry, who should be one of the most owned, if not the most owned Titans, uh, Titan members going into the uh, divisional playoff challenge, how willing would you be able to trust AJ Brown as your Titan over Henry? 
not very willing. I mean, A.J. Brown doesn't really do anything for me. Um, if you look at the running backs that are left similar similar to the tight ends, it's I feel like it's a very weak position. So I think, like you said, a lot of people are going to have Derrick Henry, and if you're not on the Derrick Henry bandwagon, you might have a perfect roster otherwise, but 50 teams, 100 teams could be ahead of you that have Derrick Henry, and if they advance to the Super Bowl, you want him on your team. So He's injured. I mean, I'm assuming he's not going to be on any type of snap count. We know the Titans are going to force feed him the ball if he's healthy, and it seems like he is. So I do like Derrick Henry. Um, you don't, when you think of the Titans, you don't think of shootouts. You don't think of Ryan Tannehill as an, a great QB on, on, on the same level as Mahomes and the Bradys and the Rodgers. So I do like Derrick Henry. Um, I'm just hoping he plays the whole game and gets his uh, 20 to 25 carries. Uh, I feel 100% the same way you do. I'm, I'm a big Brown fan, but when you look at the game logs from this year, there's just so many that that were non-existent. And then the aspect of him getting hurt during the game, oh, it just it mm-hmm. just kills you. you. You know. Now you said you said that you didn't have Fournette last year, and and. Uh, Leonard returns to practice this week, and he, when he returns to the field, I think he's going to get a lot of use. Uh, as you, being a Brady fan consistently like you are, you you noticed uh, um, how Fournette here latter in the latter part of his career has developed into a meaningful pass catcher, adding a great deal to his fantasy uh, upside. Is is Fournette a player that that you're going to put in, in the eight player contest with with the understanding that Evans uh, is a fantastic target but draws a tough matchup this weekend? So most likely, like everyone else filling these uh, lineups out, I am on it every day tinkering with my lineup, and I have Fournette in. And then I have him out, then I have him in, then I have him out. So I don't know where I'm going to land with Fournette yet. But he is yeah. such an interesting pick, again, because of the lack of depth at the running back position. I mean, you've got Aaron Jones, but then you're leaving Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Jones off. You have Devin Singletary, but, I mean, he had the game of his life last week. Is he going to repeat that? So Fournette is an interesting pick uh, because – if he comes back and he's healthy, again, I think Brady, he doesn't really have Brown anymore. He doesn't have Godwin. So I think if he plays and he's healthy, he, the offense might run through Fournette. I mean, it seems like Brady doesn't really care about the stats anymore this year, but he just wants to win the game. So Fournette might be a good pick. I, I don't know. He might be in my lineup. He might not. I'll probably make a final decision tomorrow at 425 before the first game starts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Sometimes the, yeah. the best decisions yeah. are, are made right before kickoff. So I, I'm, I'm totally yep. with you on that. Um, let's get last, to a couple of emails here as long as we have. Sure. Go I ahead. I was going to say Go last, ahead, week at, last week at 428, I ran to my computer before that Bengals-Raiders game and took Joe Mixon out of my lineup, put in Jamar Chase, and um, oh, took someone yeah. else out, and I was I was going on going. Oh, I hope this lineup's not locked yet. I hope the lineup's not locked yet, and I just squeezed in my change. So, yeah, I'll be doing the same thing tomorrow. I love it, and and it's part mm-hmm. of the reason why you won fifteen grand in the FFPC Playoff Challenge last year for sure. Let's get to a couple of emails here uh, as long as we have the time. Mike, who is listening from us or listening to us from Sanborn, North Dakota, he writes. 
can you make any kind of case for going super contrarian and picking Dawson Knox as your Bills player in the playoff challenge number two? Mike, thank you so much for listening in Sanborn, North, North Dakota. JR, I don't know. I mean, you, you're a Patriots guy. You understand. You've seen the Bills offense. You know this competition. Um, fading Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, Stephon Diggs in favor of Dawson Knox, tight end premium. Can you do it or can you not? If I was doing multiple teams, I think Dawson Knox would fit that unique player that if he does have a big game like last week, not many people are going to have him, and it's going to make your team stand out. So if, I, if I'm if i doing one team, I, I can't pick him. But if I was doing two teams, sure, I, I'd throw him in the lineup because he scored two touchdowns last week, and I don't know if you guys have the stats of who has who. I'm curious what percentage of the you know 5,000 entries had Dawson Knox on the team, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming very, very few. And I haven't looked at the leaderboard, but I'm sure a lot of the people that had him on the team probably are in the in the top, you know, 100 or 200 uh, today. So maybe, maybe Dawson Knox if I had multiple teams. He, he, he's a great player, All right. but he's no Travis Kelsey. All right, so one of, the, one of the great things that we have on this program is the genius and everything that uh, Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com brings to the table. One of the things he brings to the table is the FFPC playoff challenge ownership. So while I cannot tell you what the um, divisional playoff ownership is right now, I can indeed tell you that for the world-famous FFPC playoff challenge last week, Dawson Knox was owned in a whopping 1.95% of FFPC wow. world-famous playoff challenge. So less Amazing. than 2% is what Dawson said. And, and, and uh, Hudson Turner-Reeve is chiming in, too, in the, in the chat room right now. He's, he's saying, like, he is a great differentiator if you are submitting. Well, and I think this is more for people who are submitting multiple lineups in the divisional challenge. But if, you, if you're only submitting one and you're willing to eschew Josh Allen, you're willing to say no to Devin Singletary, you're willing to turn your back on Stephon Diggs and all the other Buffalo receivers, Dawson Knox, certainly in a tight end premium format, would make for an interesting decision. Not sure if it's the right one, but an interesting one for sure. Let's get to the other email I have here for you, JR. It is from Dave in Chesapeake, Virginia. Hi, JR. I know I'm going to roll with a Packers running back in the FFPC Divisional Challenge, but I am split on which one to go with. Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon? Congrats on last season's performance. That is Dave in Chesapeake, Virginia. Dave, thank you for listening and emailing. Jared, what do you say? If, if you have made up your mind that you're going to fade Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, are you willing to go with A.J. Dillon or Aaron Rodgers? Um, I'd go with uh, Aaron Jones. I, 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 as far, I mean, I don't know too much about the Packers, but he's, he's the bell cow from what I see, and, and Dillon is more the change of pace back. But again, Dillon would fit the category of, unique differentiator perfectly that if he if you did go with Dylan and he had scored a couple of touchdowns had a big game you're going to be in the Dawson Knox category of probably one percent of people players so I it depends on how, what for me what kind of chance do you want to take you want to go with the um, the person that not many people will have or more people I think are, is going to have Aaron Jones on their team Farrell, that's all the emails I have. Uh, we have one final question it? for Mr. J.R. Cavelli. 
That's it. You know, I really, I really think we need to get Hudson Kernery a phone line and just get him in here and have him start using some of those biological words that none of us will understand and how he'll play. But by the end of the show, it will all come together. It will all be revealed, and it would be fantastic. And what's going to be fantastic right now, Jr., is that you're going to reveal to us. And before I ask this question, I got to get a quick answer from you. Did you have any Raiders playing on your teams last week? And who were they? I did. I did not. I had Josh Jacobs uh-huh. in, the, in the lineup until about 4:28, and I ended up taking him out. So I had no Raiders on my team. Would have been a pretty good play. I, yeah, and I assumed yeah. that too. So Carlson was my kicker, and Waller was a flex. Did I do wrong by playing those guys? Because both of them scored well, but they're gone. But you got to play some guys that lose. Yeah, no, Waller. Waller was a great pick. He, again, it feels like the offense goes through Waller. I think he was a, a great pick. Um, and if they won, again, probably not a lot of people were going to have Darren Waller. A lot of the people that I know that did it had Josh Jacobs as, as their Raiders player. So I think it was a good pick. Well, it did go down to the end. And, you know, Jacobs had a good game, too. He just didn't get the ball enough in that mm-hmm. game. Who's not going to get the ball this week? A, a good player a respected player that you are not going to touch. And then you know, we talked a little bit about Dawson Knox. I don't know if he could repeat that performance, but is there a mm-hmm. sleeper out there, and a sleeper that you put on your your roster? You've already expressed Van Jefferson. Uh, perhaps your sleeper could come from Tennessee. Is there a guy mm-hmm. with, a, with a Darren Armani uh, uh, score of less than Dawson Knox who will uh, – uh, be the sleeper and deliver a victory. You know what? I, I don't have a sleeper at at the category of Dawson Knox, but I, I do think a lot of people are going to pick Joe Mixon due to the lack of depth at running back. So if I had to pick mm. a sleeper, and I use that in quotes, Jamar Chase is the perfect person. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going to have Mixon, and uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people might sleep on Chase. So my sleeper uh, quote, 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 unquote, sleeper is Jamar Chase. I know he's a great player, and he had, he had a great game last week. Um, and my fade is going to be Odell Beckham. I think a lot. I mean, if you watch the game on Monday, all you heard was Odell Beckham's name. Odell Beckham. Sure. Odell Beckham. He scored the touchdown. But if you look at the stats, Cooper Cup outperformed him. He had more receptions. He had more targets. So again, mm-hmm. I think some people might say, "Wow, Odell Beckham had a great game. I'm going to pick him. He's the differentiator." But Cooper Cup always gets his receptions, typically always gets the touchdown. So I can't pick Odell Beckham over Cooper Cup um, on any of my any of my teams. Back to the sleeper question. Hey, you know, Chase had a great game last week. From certain, certain times from week to week, you'll get in a situation where a different Cincinnati receiver will appear. I think, assuming that uh, Tennessee tries to take or minimize – minimize Chase's opportunities, would you even look or consider it playing Higgins as one of your as one of your receivers? I would. I would. I, I feel like a lot of the time that, that third wide receiver, and I'm assuming Higgins is third and Boyd is second, I feel like a lot of times the third wide receiver on any given team can have that big game. If they're doubling the first wide receiver, then the third wide receiver becomes very important in the second wide receiver. So I definitely would consider Higgins if I wasn't high on Chase. I definitely am down on Mixon. So I would want one of the Cincinnati Bengals receivers, and, and definitely Higgins would be my, my number two choice after Chase. 
JR, this is going to be a little bit off the wall here, but I wanted to close the interview with this because we have FFPC drafts, uh, redrafts for 2022 starting in just two days here. I'm just kind of curious. You look at the Patriots. I know they have the draft. I know they have free agency. Is there anybody that you look at with this team that we should be fading or maybe targeting in, in these early season drafts? I look at the running back situation, the receivers, obviously, the tight ends who um, New England invested a lot of money in this past offseason. And, of course, Mac Jones, all his topics here. Any fades or targets with the Patriots this coming season as of right now? Oh, well, the general rule for me is always fade the New England running backs because any given Sunday from week to week, Bill Belichick might put a different running back and give him all the carries. So I always fade the, uh, the New England running backs. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but that's kind of my general rule. And uh, I just got to – I love Hunter Henry. And, you know, I feel like him and Mac Jones kind of a, had a kind of a good connection this year, and it's, I think it's only going to strengthen mm-hmm. as they have another year on the off season. And it seems like Hunter Henry's kind of a little bit older, kind of mentoring him a little bit. I read an article after the 47-7 playoff loss. Hunter Henry was the one that went and talked to Mac Jones to say, hey, forget about it, whatever. So I like Hunter Henry. I think he's going to be a bigger part of the offense. Not many people drafted him because they had Johnny Smith also, but I think Hunter Henry is going to take the reins on that tight end position as he did toward the end of the season. So I like him a lot. We like the FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge a lot. We also love people who have cashed in it before. None more so tonight than J.R. Cavelli, the runner-up last year who won $15,000 in this competition, looking for the big $100,000 grand prize. If you do want to compete against J.R., definitely go to myffpc.com and make sure you're signing up there. By the way, if you've never played in the FFPC before, Go to myffpc.com slash Eric. You could spell it the correct way, E-R-I-C, or the incorrect way, E-R-I-K, and you will get a free $25 credit for your first team on there. Uh, we all follow you on Twitter, JR, at JRBeef14. Thank you so much for uh, spending uh, this Friday night with us. I know you're busy contemplating lineups and trying to get to the mountaintop uh, coming up uh, this coming Super Bowl weekend in a few weeks. Thank you uh, for all the insight that you provided. Good luck in all your teams going forward, and we'll certainly hope to talk to you again real soon, dude. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. And I'm just going to leave you with this. We've been talking about my good luck all all night on the divisional round last year. But I want to tell you about my bad luck. Two years in a row in the main event last year and this year and the year before, I had the number one pick, and both times I drafted Christian McCaffrey. And we know what happened to him two seasons in a row. So right. if I get the number one pick this next is... year, I, I am not touching him with a 10-foot pole. I don't care if he's avail- if I have the 12th pick and he's still available at 12, I am not taking him. So uh, thanks right. for having me on. This is really fun. And I'm going to leave you with this. Don't be good. Be great, guys. All right. Thank you, Thank JR. You. And we will not leave you now because you just opened up a can of worms here because I want to ask you this now. Sure, um, sure. You will not take McCaffrey at the 101. Number, first question, if you are lucky enough to get the 101 in the FFPC main event this year, who would your 101 be as of right now? And at what point in the main event would you take Christian McCaffrey if he was still available to you? 
So I, I split the team with my dad. It's something we do together. It's, it's fun to, to do the draft with him and stuff. And he wanted Derrick Henry at number one this year. And I said, Dad, we, Christian McCaffrey is not going to get injured two years in a row. We're taking Christian McCaffrey. Derrick Henry does not get, Derrick Henry does not get reception, Dad. I do not want a running back that doesn't get reception. So next year, if we have the number one pick, we are taking maybe Derrick Henry. Well, maybe Jonathan Taylor. You know, both of those guys kind of impressed me this year. But it will not be McCaffrey. If I, I would take it. I would take McCaffrey toward the end of the first round, but only because of the bad luck I've had with him two years in a row. I he's 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 Glass Joe from uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. So I, I don't I don't want him on my team next year. But if I have to, I'll take him in the end of the first round, maybe beginning the second round, which I think he'll be long gone anyway. The, the, well, listen, the Christian McCaffrey revenge tour could begin with J.R. Covelli in the FFPC main event if he gets him yeah. at the end of the first round next year. We will be yeah. following that situation very closely. Yeah. J.R., we will not I thought this be year was going to be the McCaffrey program. revenge tour. I thought this was the yeah, McCaffrey, well, McCaffrey revenge tour. Hey, <laughs> sometimes you've got to delay these things another year. It could be yeah, next year. Yeah, exactly. We shall see. Um, yeah. If Christian McCaffrey follows your advice, man, he was. Uh, he will not be good in 2022. He will be great. Thank you so much for your insight, great. and we'll do this again real soon, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games this weekend. You too, guys. Have a great one. J.R. Covelli, ladies and gentlemen, the runner-up in the 2020-2021 FFPC Playoff Challenge number two. Follow him on Twitter at JRBeef, like the meat, 1-4. Uh, good stuff from Tim Farrell. And because we had such a great time with them, we don't have time for any questions tonight. Is there any parting words that you have for anybody listening to this podcast that has not yet submitted their playoff challenge number two lineups, any pitfalls they need to avoid, any players they should target, any insight from the definitive commissioner of fantasy football? Well, you're going to enjoy the weekend. You're going to enjoy the rest of the playoffs much, much more if you're playing in the FFPC in this divisional championship round. You've got you've got less ways to get it wrong. You can't play Claypool. You can't play any Raiders. So you've got less ways to get it wrong. You've only got to pick eight winning players. And, Bulky, they're out there. As you said last week when we had Jeff on, you know, Jeff's roster, it, it looked like a roster that anyone – could have gone and picked that. You know, it wasn't chalky. It was just the right combination. So come on and play in the league. Enjoy the league. It will give you attention to the football that you'll be seeing and it'll let you understand about next year. Everybody complained about the people that really didn't understand what they were watching. They said to me, oh, that was just a terrible game, New England and Buffalo. No, it was a great game. You see what Jr. took away from it. Is the Hunter Henry Mac Jones relationship uh, gelling even more and will be stronger next year? So there's plenty to learn as we get ready to redraft. And Balky, why don't you tell us all about the redraft that begins in two days? Because I want to go sign up for that because that's the stuff I live for. Yeah, FFPC best ball drafts uh, will be starting. We will be launching. I think we actually have um, we have a private. Um, best ball league already filled that will be going off mm-hmm. uh, on sometime on Sunday, probably when the Rams and Buccaneers are getting it on. That league is already filled. Mm-hmm. It will launch on Sunday. Um, everything mm-hmm. open to the public at myffpc.com will be launching uh, on Sunday. So if you want to sign up for a uh, best ball league and, and get an early jump on the competition, I'm reminded of, uh, of this too, Farrell. Um, we had Lance Turbis on the, um, 
the uh, road of his high stakes lowdown, the season finale, I believe, or maybe it was the season premiere last season. And he talked, we, we talked about the importance of drafting early, um, whether it be best balls or early football guys, mm-hmm. players championship, early Kentucky uh, main events, you know, and he talked about the deals he got on rookies like Kyle Pitts, like Jamar yes. Chase, you know, uh, Najee, Najee Harris. And he said like, look, the reason that I was so successful is because I drafted early. You look at the ADPs of these guys, um, you know, in January and February versus what their ADPs were in August, September, it's incomparable, right? And, and so I think that's something that's important, not only for the, for the FFPC, but for the KFFSC as well. You guys have the, uh, the big game live championships going on, coming up within the next, what, two and a half weeks, two weeks, right around there. Starting on uh, February yeah, we 12th, kick off on Saturday. Openings. We Some... kick off on, on Saturday of the big game weekend, and we'll draft live on Saturday and Sunday. I'm still waiting for a commitment from you. And speaking of commitments, I didn't get one from Darren Armani for Super Bowl weekend, but I got one for next August. Darren's going to be in the room, and that's going to be a blast. Oh, him. nice! And you know, Balky, any anyone that doesn't uh, that can't come join us live for the party. Uh, in the draft, uh, they won't they won't have great stories of hanging out with you because I know you're coming. I can feel it in my bones. Yep. But we do have February 20th will be the the final wrap up of that 96 team league, uh, and and you can join that one uh, online. That's exclusive online February 20th. So if you can't make it to Kentucky, and that's the best thing's being part of it. We'd love to have you in it. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's what we've got going on. We're going to have a blast on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, you got to get over to Louisville for sure. It's one of my favorite times of the year, and, and the fact that you can extend it multiple times a year, sign me up whenever I can go. I always do. Darren Armani, by the way, um, just noticed this in the uh, in the FFPC high stakes best balls that were held live at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas this past September. Darren Armani not only won the 750 best ball number one, Darren Armani won the 750 best ball number two as well. So he dominated the FFPC best balls. If you want to beat a true high stakes champion in Darren Armani, KFFSC.com is where to do it. Of course, myffpc.com as well. Farrell, thank you so much for hopping aboard tonight. You are a true luminary and uh, we always love hearing your advice each and every week here on the program. Um, We're actually going to talk off air here in a little bit as soon as I sign off, but thank you so much. We follow you on Twitter at KFFSC. We will check out the KFFSC uh, at uh, online at kffsc.com. Be good. We will do this again next week, man. Thank you, Buck. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. This completes our divisional playoff challenge preview of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Remember, if you have not signed up yet, what are you waiting for? The drafts go off tomorrow. Um, at 4.30 Eastern um, with the uh, Bengals and Titans. Right now I'm looking at the, um, the openings in the uh, playoff challenges. You're looking at 535 entries, so we're roughly about eh, pretty close to 70% full um, with only, um, you know, by the time you, if you're listening to this in the morning, Saturday morning, there's going to be fewer than 500 teams available. So make sure you're signing up there at myffpc.com. And, of course, the Football Guys Playoff Challenge number 2 divisional round, that is almost under 400 entries out of 4,000. So that is basically 90% full at this point. So make sure you're going to myffpc.com. And, by the way, if you've never signed up and played the FFPC before, 
myffpc.com slash Eric. That's E-R-I-C. Or if you want to misspell it, E-R-I-K, you'll still get the promo. It's $25 off your first league. So make sure you're registering for that right now. I want to thank J.R. Covelli. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you for hanging out and talking shop uh, this uh, divisional playoff weekend here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It's been awesome, as it always is, with each and every one of you listeners. All right. So I want to remind you, if you want to get some last-minute advice with the uh, FFPC Divisional Playoff Challenge 2, go to rotaviz.com slash podcast, and you will hear my interview with the two-time, 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 two-time of uh, FFPC Playoff Challenge number two, sixth-place finisher. He's done it twice, sixth overall. Vince Staffolino jumps aboard. We're going to talk strategy on that one. There's a lot of good stuff on there, especially um, if you're uh, expecting to spend multiple entries into this year's challenge. There's a lot of good stuff on there that you want to hear. Your division. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We will indeed return next Friday at 10, 9 central. Um, only a few weeks left in the season before we kick off the uh, next season premiere of this program, which I'm very excited about. Um, so we will have another big time 2021 uh, winner on the program next week. And uh, we'll get you set for, um, for, for conference championship weekend, which hopefully involves the Packers. We shall see on that. Um, one reminder. Uh, give you a reminder, register for the FFPC playoff challenge number two. This will, I know there's, um, we're, we're only like two thirds full right now, but two thirds full at this point. Listen, anytime it gets to Friday and Saturday, it's already been going fast today. Get in now, register your teams. And then, you know, the last hour or two before the Bengals and Titans kick off, that's when you can set your lineups. Don't miss out on this. A hundred thousand dollars, double the grand prize that we had last year. This is going to be so much fun. And I can promise you, if you win, I guarantee you, you will be on this program telling everybody how you did it. Uh, your divisional playoff weekend will start uh, at three. Uh, beg your pardon, 4:30 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow, and uh, hopefully you can parlay your great football this weekend with um, with uh, some skin in the game, trying to win a six-figure grand prize. Enjoy the games. Register for the playoff challenge. We'll see you next week. <laughs>